This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. How's your week been? Oh, it's been really nice. Yeah, just um, totally chilled out, totally done nothing. And that's kind of like by design. Yep. And yeah, much much needed rest, I think. I don't know how Hev's going to feel when she gets back after like a week with the boys, but... <laughs> <laughs> Might be slightly frazzled. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was her idea to take them, so... <laughs> so well, I, I didn't suggest it. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been reasonably productive in its own little way so yep. i'm sat at my new desk now which is cool oh, at your new desk new desk other side of the room although oliver's obviously not here because they're still away to sort of be the test run to see if i wake him up or not when i talk yep so i'm further away from the wall now which is cool um but yeah i re- repainted the wall filled in some holes sanded it over painted put the desk up Put a shelf Brilliant. up. It's been quite industrious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been just what I needed, really. I think just a kind of just a week to myself to do as I please and you know think about a lot of stuff and everything like that. You know, it's been good. Yeah, and uh, back tomorrow, so normal service will resume. <laughs> I've got I basically got the whole day because they're not back until like oh I don't know six o'clock in the evening. So so they're traveling back tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, even if they, like, set off at nine in the morning, it's probably going to take eight hours with the boys because they have to stop every, like, minute <laughs> for, oh. for, like, whatever reason. And, you know, just everything yep. takes longer. And I guess, like, service stations are going to be weird at the minute. I'd imagine so, just in terms of having, like, distancing and stuff. Yeah, like, imagine the queue for the toilet or or just coffees or... I don't, yep. don't know, I haven't been to a service station. Frankly, I've got no intention of going to one but doesn't yeah, I, strike me as the best place to be no no like, I imagine really don't hundreds know. of people that are going to pass through that service station yeah or thousands of people in a day someone's probably going to have it right out of all of those people yeah it's kind of a given i don't know i, I would be like packing my own food and maybe just sit in the grassy area outside or something yeah as opposed to going in yeah, I'm just trying to stay as distant from everything as possible, but yeah, but yeah, that is all. To, that's to say that they're probably going to be late. So I've, I've got another day after tonight, so I shall savor it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny. I nearly um, ordered a couple of PC components this afternoon, almost like a line in the sand, right to sort of uh, kick off your PC build. Yeah, I just because like the case I'm looking at dropped by price by about eight pounds i know it's only eight pounds but i was like oh maybe i should buy it but i didn't <laughs> <laughs> i figure i'll just wait because like things are starting to get a bit more available now just parts and stuff like power yep. supplies roll the clock back just a month you just couldn't get power supplies or not at good prices anyway and certainly probably not the one you wanted but now they're right. starting to get a bit more available which is cool it's a whole side of it all i i, I just i'm not exposed to just just not looking at pcs in that sort of a way but well, i think just stock yeah. in general of a lot of stuff i mean pcs are just like one casualty of all of this but yeah it's it's bizarre just like 
how things are either not available or at prices where you think, well, that's not right. Yeah. But it does seem to be that it's leveling out a bit now, so that's that's cool. Yeah, it's just one of those kind of things that's going to... If the impact happened, I don't know, maybe in like April, at like the, you know, the factory level where the, all this stuff's made. And I don't mean just PC stuff, I mean just like any physical goods. Yeah. It's going to take a while for like it to filter through, even like when at the factory level things are sort of back to normal-ish. It's that pipeline... Yeah, the pipeline, yeah. isn't it? It's like a lag, I suppose. Yeah. And I mean, even this year, it's it's, it's going to affect the um, the new iPhones and that side of stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah, didn't the... Um, I forget his name, the, like the money man at Apple. Didn't he say that on an earnings call, something about October or November? Yeah. Do I remember that right? Yeah, so slightly delayed iPhone releases. And it stands oh. to reason that they're going to have quite a lot of phones to release this year. Um, if if you know if the rumors are stacking up to be correct, because what is there? There's like the iPhone 12, iPhone yep. 12 Max, then an iPhone 12 Pro, and a 12 Pro Max as well. So that's four handsets. Yeah, what I'm reading's been correct. And then there's the rumor of there being like a a smaller size as well, which I don't know where that fits in. Isn't the smallest one going to be the 12 Pro? So for those people that are like. I really want a smaller phone. It's like, well, you can have one, but it's going to cost you. <laughs> oh, oh, I hope not. <laughs> I think it's, isn't that like the 5.4 inch one that keeps getting talked about? I mean, it could be. I think there's a 5.4, really which I believe to be the 12 Pro. Then there's like a 6.1 yep. that's like just the 12. Then there's a bigger 12. And then there's like a huge 12 Pro, like 6.7 inch. Yeah. It's quite clever. Yeah, Apple. definitely. Yeah, like um, you keep saying you want a smaller one. Well, let's see how badly you want that smaller one then. <laughs> oh, if that is the case, that would mean that the smaller one is, is fully featured. And that could be be quite appealing. You know, in terms That's of the like flip the side, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is the flip side to it. Because quite often small means you get one camera or you get something lesser, don't you? Yeah. Um, but then the SE, I look at the SE and think, what a great phone that is. For in terms money. of what it does, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can live with touch ID and like the chin and the forehead and a iPhone 8 style camera, there's quite a lot to like about that phone. I'm not sure I would personally go for one. But no. sort of it's it's the phone to recommend to family members that would sort of start squirming when you start talking 699, 799, 899, 999 for a phone. Uh, 399 it's a bit more palatable isn't it it's also a, a good one to recommend for people that are um, fundamentally opposed to face id for whatever reason as well which occasionally i have met people who are just not sold on all this face recognition lark yeah my um, parents are like that in fact we had i had a long discussion with them about it uh only last night interestingly <laughs> yeah uh, they're saying well can you store more than one face on the phone i was like well no you can have like an alternate appearance, but it has to be the same person. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, well, you know, I like, you know, to have your dad's fingerprint on my phone or, or whatever, so you can get in and, and do all this stuff. Um, well, you can just share the passcode. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of what I suggested, but it's just one of those things, like, oh, I start to feel a bit like, oh, when you start doing that kind of stuff with yeah. phones, it's kind of like this stuff is designed for like a one-to-one relationship. Yep. 
like one phone, one user. When, once you start doing like one to many, you're going to hit all sorts of walls. Um, it's like if you share an Apple ID between two phones, um, just weird stuff is going to happen. I, I, I don't mean like two phones owned by the same person, fine, but two phones, two different users. Yeah. You're just going to start hitting weird, just weirdness and just like roadblocks. And Yeah, it's not really how it's meant to be used. No, and I think Apple are just like, well, no, really, that's their, their approach to it, isn't it? It's like, you well, can kind yeah. of see that in Face ID. It's like, well, you've, you've only got one face, so we only need to store one face. Um, I mean, the multiple fingers wasn't for multiple users. It was for your own multiple fingers, I think. It, is, um, it was never how it was intended to be used across multiple people. But again, like the passcode is can be shared, can't it? If you really yeah. must. It's a funny thing that, that I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, cast aspersions or stereotype your folks too much. But the older generation, I've come across this in a few different places in, in my career where um, they share email addresses. Yeah, they do that too. <laughs> uh, right. And that can cause all, all manner of different problems depending on like you know how you've structured your signing system and that sort of stuff. It's, it's kind of a funny one. Part of me sort of feels like, well, you know, get with the program, get your own email address, get sorted out. Um, and the other part of me feels like, well, this is obviously a bit of a, a a thing where their personal requirements not being supported, you know, because they're not necessarily wrong to run their email like that. Well, it's no different place. to the house, is it? Because the house that yeah. you live in has an address. Exactly. So if, if you've been like, having post delivered to your house for like 47 years as like a married couple. Yeah. Then this email addressing comes along. It's like, well then we will have an email address for the household. Yeah. Um, Same as you'd have one telephone number. It's valid, isn't it? When you look at it through that lens. Yeah. It's, it's only kind of like us being like, no, everyone must have one email address for all these reasons that kind of include our own sort of, ease when it comes to like yeah. developing systems and things like that and it's funny uh, that that is a probably a quite a distinction really there isn't it like sort of seeing it as being a household thing versus being a personal individual thing it's, it's, the, yeah. it's the electronic equivalent of a letterbox isn't it yeah now when you consider it is called email it's like well you can see how they reach that conclusion yeah uh, so <laughs> yeah Sign them all up to Hay. <laughs> <laughs> have you used Hay? I have used it briefly, and then the level of integration that it was kind of after with, with how I use my own email, I was just like, yeah, I'm not really that interested now. Hmm. Yeah, I, I haven't know. looked at it. Obviously, it caused a bit of a bit of a stir, which kind of got my attention, but it, it got my attention not for the product, which is more that all the stuff that's happening with Apple and antitrust and all of that i don't know maybe if i was like doing a whole custom domain thing again with my emails i would consider it because you've got to kind of pay somebody at that point yeah potentially if it's about is it hundred dollars a year yeah i can't remember now yeah uh, <laughs> so i mean you, you're going to be paying in that region if you if you're doing like a office uh, you know like a 365 thing or, or g suite or, or whatever yeah so at that point, it's kind of like, well, yeah, um, if I'm going to kind of do my email properly and pay a proper email company to do it on my own domain, 
sort of outsource it to either G Suite, three six five or whoever, then Hay becomes a you know, it's a contender, isn't it, at that point? Yes. It's a viable op- op- opportunity, option for sure. But to have like my name at hay.com or, or whatever it is, that to me is kind of like, well, it feels a bit like Gmail and that's free. Yeah. Um, I know, I'm sure it solves a lot of problems. I don't know. I, I generally find the problem, like my, my use of email at the moment is like very, very small. Um, but yeah. when I think back to when I was like working, um, like my work email and things like that, it wasn't necessarily the organization of the emails that was a problem. It was like the people on the other end of them. And <laughs> no amount of software is going to fix that. I think Hey to me is, is solving a problem that I don't currently have with email. Yeah. Um, and I'm not likely to have with email either. I, I don't see myself as, as doing doing business or email in that kind of a way. You know, if I'm sort of suffering from that much overwhelm, by being contacted by email, then that means that that email account is not a personal one. It's probably become a business one in some sort of form or other. And there are other tools that I would probably choose to use to manage that problem. Um, I'm thinking for things like support or that sort of thing, um, I would use Zendesk for Imagine, which I am using for, for my apps. So... Yeah, I kind of look at Hay and I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm glad it exists, you know, because I think it's cool to have different options in, in this sort of thing. 100%, um, yeah. But, yeah, I can't see the utility for myself. And actually looking at things, I could see myself being much more likely to go after a service such as ProtonMail, uh, which is all geared around uh, privacy and security. I, I could see that being more of a a priority for me. Hmm. I thought John Syracuse summed up quite well on ATP. He was saying that like the way he does his emails, he's like built all these rules and like, as you can imagine, he's like gone to town on it and he goes, it all works perfectly. But then, you know, just like a a normal sort of non techie person wouldn't stand a chance uh, being able to set that up for themselves. But Hey kind of gives them that option. So yeah, I'm definitely... I think it's cool it exists. Um, but it's kind of funny, the whole like antitrust thing that it sparked. <laughs> I mean, I think like, that was valid. I do think that was valid, the the attack on, on Apple's sort of approach to stuff there, just in terms of opening it up and lifting a bit of a lid. I mean, it's kicked off all over again, hasn't it, in the last, was it four or five days with Epic? Yes, yes. Um, I kind of feel tired of it now. <laughs> I think the, we the should... whole thing or... or... I kind of feel like everyone's got a lot of opinions and that, that's that's really cool. But mm-hmm. I've just heard too much. Yeah, um, I feel similar, actually. I, I feel almost uneasy adding to it on, on, on the show, in a sense. But Yeah. Well, I think uh, in particular, because I'm sort of like one foot in, one foot out in kind of Apple and gaming at the minute. So I'm getting yes. it from both sides, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> you get to see see how it is like outside of our, our ios sphere. Yeah, so I'm sort of like, sort of in a bubble with like a lot of gamers and sort of Fortniteers and stuff. And then I'm in an like iOS dev bubble as well. And it's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, there's some overlap, if you imagine like a little Venn diagram. I just keep seeing the 30% get, get banded around a lot at the minute. And yeah, you know, I'm reluctant to say too much because I kind of feel like my opinion's kind of fluid at the minute. But um, 
I keep seeing like 30%. If only Apple would drop it. If only Apple would like do 15 or, or it 10. It seems but to be the crux. I don't think that is the crux, to be honest. Mm. I think they could drop it to 20 and people would still complain. They'd drop it to 15 and people would still complain. I think the issue is, is that Apple remain the gatekeeper. Yeah. I think that's the issue. But um, but I, th- I think if they've been proactive in looking at the 30% and actually looking at it as a um, as a wider part of the market and whether they're being competitive in that sort of space, um, then I think they could potentially have kind of headed some of this stuff off if we'd had a, a sort of concept of, of tiering with the 30% or something like that then I, I think there's a possibility it might not have come to this. Um, on the flip side, I think you might be right in a sense of like, give you know, give on this thing and then you're always going to be, be sort of arguing it down. Um, but I think there's a, there's a, a thing here in terms of how Apple sees the world and how they see their sort of fiefdom um, and how they can't see outside of that. You know, so whereas it might be cheaper in other stores or it might be different in other stores in terms of, of what that percentage is. I'm thinking specifically of things like the Steam store or Epic's got their own store, right? Yeah. Um, that Apple won't even have think, thought of that as being a um, a comparative thing. You know, we, we are Apple, we have the App Store, this is it for our devices and not really thinking, because, you know, nobody's going to leave um the the app store on their iphone for a gaming store they they probably thought of it as being quite separate whereas for a company like epic and for people who are involved in in the gaming world it it's part of a bigger continuum yeah um yeah that's true yeah. actually because all you got to do is look at my sort of taskbar on windows and you kind of got steam you've got epic you've got blizzard you've got or, or battle yep. that whatever they call it you've got the rockstar gaming all coexisting thing. Uh, yeah, um, you know, even Microsoft now. I've got an Xbox app, which kind of turns your PC into a well, not an Xbox, but yeah, you, know, you can play Microsoft yep. uh, titles and that. And yeah, it, it's all sort of thrown into the mix. I think, I think, kind of the percentage would, if they drop percentage, I, I just don't think that would really solve a huge amount of the issue. I think a, what would do a, what would go a long, long way far more than dropping any percentage would be if they would just allow you to put a little link in your app. Like like the Netflix app. You download it, you're confronted with the sign-in screen. Um, yeah. And obviously Netflix don't want to give Apple 30% of their subscription, so they're not going to sign you up in the app. Of course they wouldn't. They probably don't have the 30% to give away. Yeah. Um, they'd be upside down. But at the minute, they can't even say, oh, go go to netflix.com, sign up, and then use those credentials to sign into the app, job done. That's no, the problem, so everybody has to kind of futz around and figure it out. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's a terrible experience. If you think about it, if you're someone that, you know, maybe like an iPad is your first computer, you get yep. one of these apps, and it's like, well, what do I do? So yep. I just think even if, like, Netflix or all app developers are allowed to say, you know, click here to sign up and then it launches a, a web view. Fine. Um, but obviously they're, they're, not, they're not even allowed to, to mention it. It's like we c- can't even say the words. It just feels really weird. Mm. Um, and like Epic, uh, I think, were trying to sell their 
I don't know what they were selling, like, you know, gems or, or something, some kind of in-game currency that you exchange for real-world money. Yeah. Um, and I think there was two options, like, use the Apple way or use our way, and if you use our way, it's cheaper. Um, I think it was £10 or $10 for the Apple way or 8 for them. So they were still keeping an extra 10% for them, which I thought was quite interesting, but it, it was still cheaper for the user. Yeah. But I, yeah, even like if in the in the app they were allowed to say, um, you know, hop onto our online store to, to buy the gems or whatever, little link. Yeah. I think that would go a really long way in keeping sort of the bigger developers happy and smaller ones, but like keeping like the big... The Netflixes, the you know the the Fortnites, the kind of apps that you can't really, you don't really want your platform to be without them. Yeah, because um, they kind uh, of have a lot uh, of power, don't they? At that point, it could be done differently as well. Like you know, it could be perfectly legitimate to bounce a user out to the web browser via a link at that point, for example. Yeah, and to to just not, I think what I, I would argue against is having like a flow where you can pay in line in the app. I think if I was bounced out to a browser and I'm, I've got to sign into their their site or however that handshake sort of works to then go and do it, I would understand that it's separate. It would be implicitly quite separate to the the app store and the app experience itself, uh, because you know any other web service that I administrate or pay for through a browser is obviously not through the app store, and, and there's a bunch of stuff I, I do you know, do do use in that sort of a sense. And paying in my browser through PayPal or with Apple Pay or whatever, um, that's not a confusing process. I think to try and have it in the way that, that Epic did, where it's sort of in line in the app, I think that would be a confusing process and I think that could have could have negatives. I don't believe for one minute that that's really what Epic wanted. Um I think the whole goal of what they did was was to spark this conversation and to to support their uh, lawsuit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. I've been thinking about this, and I actually do feel sort of fairly fundamental about it, which is that I don't want all manner of different payment mechanisms popping up inside of apps themselves. No, um, but being bounced feels- to a browser is kind of like a clear. You're going to a website, and that's yep. just like paying on any other website. Exactly, yeah, and, and there's already a means for that, already a process for that. That's usual for an awful lot of things. Um, but giving people the option and giving app developers the option to go and do that, I think that's reasonable, and I think that's ground that Apple should be giving. Um, just, yeah, because it's, um, at this stage, they are behaving very much in, in, in a monopolizing kind of way, and it does make me kind of uncomfortable to see to see a company whose products I care about kind of being defined in this way. And I know Apple's always been monopolistic in terms of guarding its platform quite jealously, and this is what we've seen for, like, ever since the App Store came out as well. Um, but, yeah, I guess it's, it's just it's starting to remind me of how things felt... Um, back in the late 90s, early 2000s with Microsoft um, and everything they did sort of in the browser wars and that, that end of stuff. And, and actually that kind of pales in comparison to the reality of what the App Store lock-in is today as well. 
you know, financially that was it was quite different, I guess. Um, but it, it it reminds me of that. You know, it sort of feels like Apple's turning into this kind of uh, this this platform where it's easy to take take these kind of quite heavy pot shots at the way they operate. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm feeling like there's less to less to defend in some ways, um, just in terms of how they're behaving. And I'd like I'd like to see them give some ground. I think just so that it's uh, things are more balanced and that there are better choices. Crikey, I went on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know what I wanted to talk about, actually. I started a Twitter thread over the weekend um, that's been all about indie app developers. And kind of the, the thread itself, I'm, I'm just posting with uh, with indie apps, linking to, to the app store and, and kind of tagging their developers in as well. Um, and just kind of, you can hit this thread up and scroll down it, and there's all of these indie apps that have been added to it over the weekend. Um, and I'm adding more sort of every day as well at the moment. Yeah, I saw it getting a bit of traction uh, last night, I think. Yeah, it's, it's been, um, I think the thing that's been really cool for me to see has been sort of people kind of going, oh yeah, I love this app. And it's not the app developer recommending it. You know, it's somebody who's come across this this app themselves and it's a favourite and they've decided, yep, I'm going to let, let them know and we can get that one on the list. Um, there's been a couple of interactions like that where then, you know the the dev themselves then gets tagged in and they're like oh cool thank you um <laughs> that, you know knowing how much it can sort of be a bit of a a laboring without recognition kind of situation as well i certainly feel that at times with my own apps um i think that probably feels quite quite special for people to sort of know that somebody uses their stuff and, and thinks about them yeah definitely um, it could be lo- lonely old place can't it yeah yeah for sure um so yeah i'm adding to this thread and i don't know where i'm going to take it there might be somewhere else this this sort of becomes something else or or not but for now it's just kind of interesting as people tag different things to sort of just add add to the list feels like it could be Um, maybe a page on your website like your favorite apps or something yeah um and I've reached the stage as well where this is like these are not apps that I'm in, endorsing necessarily because um, I specifically didn't want to to gatekeep and, and kind of you know be like oh no I'm I'm reviewing your app it must pass the the Dave Woods standard <laughs> did not want to be in that world um, so I've been adding everybody's app if if somebody you know braves it enough to put their head above the line or somebody else recognizes their app then it goes on the list. Um, <laughs> the list <laughs> the list yes <laughs> um but i think yeah this this could be something that i i, I put across to my site and and link everybody's um stuff up uh just because it's kind of cool it's cool to see what's out there yeah i guess on the other hand it's quite nice for it to stay on twitter so people can keep chiming in on it and like it and retweet it if it's on your blog it, or, or your website it then becomes a bit sort of else isolated doesn't it yeah, it could get quite stale quite quick as well. So there's there's something there to think about. Um, but I think I certainly think I'm going to blog about it and kind of pull it pull something together because it's it's just been cool as an experience to sort of have everybody uh, you know, chime in and, and recommend different apps and things. And I'd like to kind of time capsule that at least so I can sort of look back on it, you know, in a year or two, and maybe even start another thread at that point in time or whatever to 
to see what's out there then because this is always ongoing as people do new things it was a nice idea i think it was kind of you know the way twitter can be sometimes <laughs> it's kind of like a bit of welcome relief like, oh something nice <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. so i think certainly if this this makes it into our show this week what i would like to say is obviously if you're listening check out the thread i'll we could link it in the show notes even um and if you've got an app uh let me know because i'd love to add it onto that onto that list 